No one does that. No one's like, let me take the promotion and offer it to an affiliate as well. They're only offered to customers. And if you offer it to affiliates, you can do it way more often, right? Like totally. you can't offer 25% off every week to your customers. You're going to ruin your brand. You can offer 25% once a month, twice a month to affiliates to try and get that flywheel effect going. Totally. I've seen some brands being like the number one affiliate will get a Toyota Camry this weekend. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of being in retail and telling Whole Foods, we'll give you five extra pallets if you give us placement at the front of the store. This is Limited Supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts, Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. Hundreds of direct consumer brands use Tatari's platform to buy and measure TV ads just like digital. They have deep publisher relationships that give you the best CPMs on linear and streaming TV. Check out their three-minute demo video at tatari.tv slash limited supply. Okay, Nick, episode five, almost halfway through the season already. The season's flying by. Honestly, I think this is my favorite season we've yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Every episode has been in person, Yeah, that's uh, right. which means I have to bike down here to Soho, <laughs> blasting Taylor Swift in my ears, <laughs> getting pissed off at people who stop halfway across the sidewalk. Yeah. It's been good. Whenever I'm biking, I'm always like, I hate everyone in cars. And when I'm in the car, I'm like, I hate everyone. Yeah. And same with walking. Yeah. Yeah. You hate That's both. right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This, uh, the theme of this episode is going to be marketing. I'm excited about this episode. I was actually inspired. I mean, we had to do a marketing one, uh, but I saw these couple, like a couple of clips that I read about that got me really excited about this. And I want to tell you two of them. I haven't introduced this to you at all. Uh, and then we'll talk about, we're, we're going to talk about affiliate marketing. We're going to talk about landing pages. We're going to talk about social media, Facebook ads, all that kind of stuff. We're going to reserve some of the other ones like television for another episode. But let, let me tell you why I was really inspired about uh, by yeah. this. Vivek Ramaswamy, your favorite guy from your home country. <laughs> so to qualify for the debates last, uh, the, the debates were last night, to qualify for the Republican presidential debates, you needed 40,000 contributions, okay? You needed 40,000 individual people to contribute to your campaign. Mm -hmm. And people were struggling with this. People thought Mike Pence wouldn't get it. And so one of the things that Vivek did in order to get it is he said, join my kitchen cabinet. If you go out and help me raise money, you will get a 10% commission through my unique donation link. So if you go out and get people to uh, give money to Vivek and they use your link, you're going to get a 10% kickback. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. But the guy who was the governor of North Dakota, Doug something, I forgot what his last name is. He was the most reasonable and as a result, the most boring person yeah. probably last night. He had also started a business and made a fortune. Became, he's the governor of North Dakota. He did something similar where he's like, if you donate $1 to my campaign, I will give you $20. Wow. I will fund that $20 out of my own pocket if you just give me a dollar because I need to hit this 40000 uh threshold and wow. be on the debate stage last night. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I was like, look at these guys. Yeah. You know, I bet they're running Facebook ads for this kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. And so I was like, okay, we got to do a marketing episode. <clears throat> the last election cycle, I worked on a presidential campaign. All of it came down to the messaging in the ads the funnels that were built on landing pages and trying to get people to just donate something. Can you talk about it or you can't? Not talk really. About it? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a very I, I didn't know that about you. So yeah. That's a big statement. Um okay. Let me let's talk let's move on to affiliate marketing. Yep. When I talk about affiliate marketing, I think there's a few ways to think about this. I'm not necessarily talking about like influencer marketing in particular, but I'm talking about affiliates. Some random person finds out about you and starts talking about your product. 
And I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with what we did at Native, which was terrible. But um, really what we did is we basically put our products up on ShareASale. Do you know ShareASale? Oh, yeah. ShareASale is ripe for an acquisition by a private equity firm. Yeah, Let me sure. start by saying that. I don't know who owns it right it's now. It's pure what shit. It is. It's garbage. They actually don't charge enough for what they do. They could charge a little, like they could charge more. They could improve their features. I think it's ripe for an acquisition by a, a private equity company. But what we did is we put our products on share sale. Then you put a bunch of marketing collateral on share sale, like photos of your products. Mm-hmm. So people are writing blog posts or creating banner ads on their, pro- yeah, exactly. And then and then affiliates can go in. So as a merchant, you put your products and all that, and the prices and all that kind of stuff. And then affiliates can go in and say, you know what, I want to plug native deodorant or nectar mattresses and put those products up on their blog or whatever site that they've got or however they want to do it. They could also do it as an influencer. They could be like, I'm going to do this through my Instagram page. Yeah. What's interesting about ShareASale and why I wanted to bring it up is because they have a thing called uh, their top 100 merchants. And you don't see their top 100. If you sign up as a merchant, there's a different login for merchants and affiliates. If you line up, sign up as a merchant, you don't see the top 100. If you sign up as an affiliate, you do see the top 100. And I was always curious, like, I, uh, you know, when I started Native, I started, uh, what's it called? I started an affiliate account as well. And I was like, let me see who's in the top 100 and what they're doing really successfully. At some point, Native got in the top 100. One of the top guys before used to be Nectar Mattresses. And then the other thing that I was looking at is like, the other thing that they tell you if you log in as a merchant is how much commission are you going to get from this company? Like, you know, are they going to give you 1%, 5%, 10%, 50%? What are they going to give you? The number one merchant right now on ShareASale is a wedding apparel company called Desi Group. Wow. I've never heard of it. It's offering 5% per sale. Let's say you drive 100 people to their site on average. How many people, let's say you click a share a sale link, how many people are getting to that site and making a purchase? And how much is the merchant earning? And on this site, it's incredible conversions. The merchants are earning on average $4.37 per click over to the site. That's probably very qualified traffic and everything to that effect, but they're number one on share a sale for merchants. The next five guys are business services. Like think um, LegalZoom. It's not LegalZoom, but it's basically those guys. Let us help you file a corporation. Let us help you be your registered agent. Like we'll pay you a fortune if you can get us a company where we can be the registered agent in like Delaware because that guy's going to pay us $500 every year as long as his business is around. Right. Number 33 was EarthBreeze. Do you know EarthBreeze? Oh yeah, huge. They're offering 2% per sale, a shitty 2% per sale. Wow. And they're number 33. 34, Salt and Stone, 10% per sale. 35 is Bite Aligners, like invisible aligners, like, you know, think Smile Direct Club. $45 per lead plus $45 per sale. Wow. Number 46 is Hum Nutrition. You know those guys, 10% per sale. 48 is Buffy, 10% per sale. Number 66, and I don't know how it's still here, is a company that doesn't exist anymore, Parade. Oh, yeah. And so I was looking at these because I wanted to see what they were doing really well. And, you know, one of the things that I was surprised by was everyone was offering such shitty commissions. You know, their AO, Buffy's AOV is probably pretty good. Hum Nutrition's AOV is pretty good. Bite Aligner's AOV is probably really good. But Salt and Stone is going to have $30, $50 AOV. When I was running Native, I would offer 50% commissions. I'd say, look, we're going to pay 50% to Facebook. Why don't we pay 50% to you? And I'm shocked that EarthBreeze is offering 2% per sale. Like, why are they not increasing their affiliate commission? That feels very low. What I've generally found is affiliate works really well when 
the brand is already super well known and it becomes a convenience to the person with the list or the audience to just plug it and know that it's something that's going to resonate versus, you know, like what doesn't work is brands reach out to affiliates and say, hey, please plug us. We'll give you a percentage. They don't want to be approached like that. They want to find you and feel like their audience would resonate. Yeah. 2% feels very low. And I also agree. I mean, I remember um, when I was at Hint, you know, I would go meet with the BuzzFeed affiliate team, the Refinery affiliate team, and all these other publishers. And I would say, I'll give you 30%. I'll give you 40% because for the same reason, like why would I not take that offer and instead pay Facebook more versus just give you a measly 10%. Amazon also gives like eight to 10% anyways. So if you're selling on Amazon, you're not really incentivizing somebody to drive traffic to your site. I, I have no idea why anyone would send people to EarthBreeze here. And I have no idea how they're number 33 Instead of someone saying, let me just link to Amazon's Earth, like the EarthBreeze page on Amazon, yeah. where I can get 7 8% or 4%, certainly more than 2%. So with ShareASale, you get a ton of just shit affiliates that yeah. sign up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, They're all based um, in Pakistan. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, for a lot of those, I would manually go and put their commission at 1%, you know, the coupon sites. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that was an accident by EarthBreeze. I think they're insanely popular and people love buying them. I know they do a lot of performance marketing too, so yeah, yeah, they could just be ripping and yeah. maybe that 2%. That they know, don't care about. Yeah. yeah. I, I always decline those coupon sites because I'm like, I don't want you to be able to yeah. like, have this thing. Like, yes, they're all like, and they all pretend like they're based in the United States. They're yeah. like, yes, our office is 123 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. Please <laughs> yeah. let us be affiliate. We good. Now. Penthouse floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we good? Uh, yeah. They'll, they'll say we good, period. Yeah. You know, we are good people, <laughs> yeah. period. And it's obviously oh, like uh, crazy. But I really, the reason I was bringing this up is because I think not enough people are investing resources here. There is a scale of like once you get into the top 50 on share sale or something, there is a little bit of a viral effect where as an affiliate, you go on and you're like, who are the top 100 on here. It's like really, like, you know, it's a really big button to see the top affiliates or the top merchants. And then you're like, these are probably the ones that I can make a lot of money off of. Yeah. And so once we cracked into the top 50 at Native, we started doing a lot more affiliate sales. Uh, so I always thought people should invest more resources in this. You know, it's probably not the first thing you do, but it's certainly within the first five things you do because sure. it's a lot, it's a lot of set it and forget it as well. Like put your stuff on there, put your marketing collateral on there. Maybe you update your marketing collateral once a year, put a really high commission so that people get excited about it. Yep. Uh, but then there's a couple other things that I thought people should do. One is they're not doing enough. Like sometimes when you're having a big promotion, you can advertise that promotion, not just to your customers, but to your affiliates as well. You can say, hey, we're doing a big Black Friday sale. We're doing a big Cyber Monday sale. Affiliates, you're in our network. Like once we've already gotten 70 of you inside of our network, we can go out and say, hey, uh, we're offering a bigger discount on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Go tell all of your subscribers, your yeah. viewers, your Instagram followers that we're offering this bigger sale. And uh, you know, you're gonna get more sales on that day as well. So I think people aren't doing a three things here. One, they're not doing enough high high enough commissions. Two, they're not like promoting their own promotions to their affiliates with Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales, July 4th sales, New Year, New You. Three is, um, I've seen a couple of businesses do this, which is promotions to affiliates. Yeah. Uh, so instead of saying 25% off to customers, they say, hey, affiliates, this weekend, we're going to go out and give 40% off. Or we're going to give you 40% commission. Or we were giving you 20%. We're EarthBreeze. We were giving you 2%. Now we're going to give you 30% this weekend only. And do you know what happens? 
all of a sudden, if you're like, I, I when I'm on Instagram, I can see when this is happening, when I'm like, oh, this brand is offering a better deal to affiliates this weekend, because I just saw 30 affiliates post about this yeah. brand right now. Yeah. And no one does that. No one's like, let me take the promotion and offer it to an affiliate as well. They're only offered to customers. And if you offer it to affiliates, you can do it way more often, right? Like, totally. You can't offer 25% off every week to your customers. You're going to ruin your brand. You can offer 25% once a month, twice a month to affiliates to try and get that flywheel effect going. Totally. I've seen some brands being like the number one affiliate will get a Toyota Camry this weekend. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of being in retail and telling Whole Foods, we'll give you five extra pallets if you give us placement at the front of the store. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. that's uh, When I was in a liquor business, they'd always be like, if you sell a lot of this, we're just gonna, like, you know, technically we're not allowed to do this, but they're like, legally they're not allowed to, but they'd be like, yeah, we're going to drop off an extra case of this product because you were good to us and we're going to be good to you. So you're going to get an extra, like, you know, this is $60 bottle bourbon. We're going to drop off an extra six pack or 12 pack to you. Like, yeah, this stuff happens. You should do this. I think people should do promotions to affiliates all the time. For sure. Not enough people do this. This this requires a little bit of like success with the affiliate network already. It probably isn't the, you can't like launch a business and be like, I'm going to start an affiliate network. Yeah. That's my number one channel, I think. Unless you have crazy hype out the gate and everybody wants to be a reseller or hold right. your product. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, so those are the three things that I think people can do. Far higher commissions, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, offer your, tell your uh, affiliates that you're doing these promotions so they can get ready for them and promotions to affiliates, like communicate with them, offer them higher commissions for certain weekends. I got one more. Yeah. Uh, if you're to Skimlinks. Yes. So Skimlinks is owned by Taboola. But uh, it is integrated directly into the CMS of all these big publishers, Condé Nast, BuzzFeed, Refinery29. And um, when your PR teams or even if you are just reaching out to editors to get included in roundups, listicles, slideshows, et cetera, they look to see if you're in Skimlinks to see if you know they're going to make money off of writing about you. And if you're not in Skimlinks, they'll probably default to Amazon or you probably won't get mentioned at all. But if you're on Skimlinks, there's a much higher chance you're going to get included and wow. One hot tip that always comes in clutch is once you submit for Skimlinks, you have to email their support email to tell them to approve your application. Otherwise, you'll never get approved. Themselves. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a great tip. Okay. I've got two more that I wanted to mention, actually, that are like side topics to this. One is when I was a native, I contacted the Bustle and like a few other publications. And I was like, look, you guys are SEO'd well for deodorants. You know, you talk about deodorants all over the place. No problem. You, you know, I'm not asking you to change any of your content. What I'm asking you to do- <laughs> But change is, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they would change it. Is that what we just said? They would change it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they would. But like, I was like, just let me Facebook pixel five pages on your site. Yeah. These five pages where you talk about deodorants. So if someone is searching deodorant and they end up like, you know, going to a page where you like, secret is amazing or- you know, we did this test on secret deodorant and it was amazing or anything. I was like, let me just pixel that page. You don't have to pixel any, like I won't pixel any other part of your site and I'll give you 80% commission off that because you're a big wow. institution. Let me offer you a ton of money to get you to do that. And there's no cost. All you have to do is pick, drop a pixel on five pages and that's it. You know, you don't have to do it on bustle.com or, you know, refinery29.com. I don't know if those organizations still are, as powerful as they yeah, used to be not. five years ago, but like they were SEO'd so well where I was like, let me just do this. And so what, similarly, if you're a different brand today and you Google your uh, category, like if you're deodorant today, I don't know what shows up as number one, but can you pixel that page? Can you pick, like, could I pixel deodorant on Wikipedia? If so, that'd be probably a lot be of insane. qualified users. Wait, so 80% 
commission. So 80% of the gross sale that you would. Yes. So basically I'd be like, I might even take a little bit of a loss on yeah, this, but, but it's I just to get the bustle yeah, excited about this. Cause it, uh, I was also like, look, we're going to sell $12 of deodorant. You're going to make, you know, $10 off this thing. Yeah. You're not going to do this for $3, you know? Yeah. yeah, like yeah. That's, <laughs> you're not going to be like, look, I could uh, do this or, you know, I can buy some first, like first class stamps. It'll be the same. And knowing you, savings. you took that lookalike audience and you paid zero commission. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but like, I, I thought it was super, I thought it was a great idea. I thought more people yeah. should be doing that. Like go and try and work with people who are SEOed well in your category and see if you can drop affiliate links on their uh, pages or at least Facebook pixels on their pages so that you can try and drive some sales from there. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to mention is, uh, have you heard of reward style? Yes. Reward style is like one of the, I mean, it's like the A-list of affiliate networks. It's got all the mommy bloggers that just drive a shitload of traffic and sales. Some of their people will make a million dollars for brands in a single weekend and other networks like that, they're usually flat fee plus affiliate commission, Yeah, which if you're a small brand, it's hard to do a 50K sure. fee plus commission sure. on top. But if you're a sizable brand, these things, I mean, they're so underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. I want to talk about one last part about affiliates, which was Thrive Market. Do you know Thrive Market? Yeah, of course. Early on, what they did is they got a bunch of affiliates to invest in the business and that really helped drive their uh, growth when they started the business. So if you look at like, there's this woman named Katie Wells. Yeah. She started a blog called Wellness Mama, which, you know, you probably haven't heard of because you're not a mom. Uh, but, you know, she has a, a blog and for a while it used to be a top 2,500 website in the United States. Wow. I don't still know if it gets still half a million visits. Yeah. There's another That's one. Crazy. Like Mark Sisson has a blog called like uh, The Daily Apple or something. And he was like a big keto, super uh, like healthy type of guy. I think both of them ended up being investors in Thrive. I, I know Katie did. She, uh, I'm not sure about Mark, but I yeah, know Mark's, Katie is. Mark's site, when you land there, has a pop-up to get a discount on Primal Kitchen. Yeah. Primal, well, in his defense, Primal Kitchen is his own brand, to be oh, clear. Okay, he started it. Primal Kitchen. And wow. Katie Wells has started a brand herself. But like, you know, what they did is they, uh, like, at least Thrive got at least Katie to be an uh, investor. And she mentions this on her blog. And she's going around her daily life. First, she's like talking about Thrive because she'll be like, you know, she'll take a video and you'll see a Thrive product in the background. Or she'll be like, hey, I'm going to show you a recipe. You need to make this thing with garbanzo beans. And she's got Thrive Market. She's got a link to like the Thrive Market garbanzo beans on there. Yeah. You know? I think uh, Kettle and Fire did this as well, but I'm not entirely sure. They just got a bunch of affiliates early on to be investors. And those affiliates really helped drive a ton of traffic and revenue to grow the brand before they could work on paid social and everything else. And they're basically like, look, this allows us to get revenue without having to like be at the mercy of Facebook ads, which is yeah. amazing, and helps us get revenue without tech. Like, you know, if you're going to start a brand like Thrive Market, you're going to spend a fortune testing on what works on Facebook, what doesn't, what, like, does this membership model work? How much inventory do I need? Early on, they could be like, look, we only pay for a sale when we get a sale. Yeah. And like, you know, I've seen other people who are like, the way we're going to structure this equity for this affiliate is they get more, they don't get dollars when they make sales. They get more equity in our business when they make sales. Wow. So they're super incentivized to get a sales. The, the more sales they get, the more equity they get, and the more valuable that equity becomes because right. they've gotten us a sale as well. Damn, so it wasn't just like you get $10. Model. They're like, you get another two shares, and those two shares are worth more because you just got a sales too. Right. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and like, I feel like affiliates is an untouched or like not very well talked about part of the business. Agreed. I don't think for a lot of people, it's going to be 50% of the business here, but I think it easily can be 
ten percent of the business in yeah. a way that like you know if you're if you've reached a certain level of scale you can get there. Yeah, I think ten to twenty percent is pretty reasonable. Yeah, if you're a sizable business. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, um, and it just helps helps you balance your overall CAC. Yes, yeah, it does. That is like the beauty of affiliate. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is the beauty of affiliates. You can't just rely on paid social and PPC for growth. Hundreds of brands like True Classic, Daily Harvest, and Manscaped have turned to TV advertising using Tatari's platform, and they're absolutely crushing their acquisition goals. Many of my own clients at Hooks also use Tatari. We used them while I was at Native2, and I can tell you that their team is awesome and the measurement is just like digital, so you'll see site visits, purchases, or even installs from TV. Check out their three-minute video at tatari.tv slash limited supply. Okay, I know you want to talk about landing pages, social media. There's one more thing I want to ch chat about, which is infomercials. Tell Ooh. me what order you want to go in. Uh, let's do infomercials. Okay. I think brands are not using infomercials enough. And yeah. I think this is going to cater to brands that are probably north of $25, $50 million that are listening to this. But like the Hexclad guys, aren't they perfect for inf infomercials? Perfect. They're, I mean, look, they're killing it already. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to say that why aren't they doing it? They probably are like, look, we have 4 million things to do. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, we're crushing it on Facebook like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. We don't have time to worry about an infomercial, which is going to take a lot of time and resources. And it's a big test. But I do think that that would be a brand that's perfect for infomercials. 100%. Honestly, um, anything that you can demonstrate yeah. is perfect. Have you? Um, did I send you the twice toothpaste recording from TikTok? I, no, you didn't. Okay, so I was scrolling TikTok the other night, and at probably like nine or ten p.m., and I come across Twice Toothpaste, which is a company I advise for years, and um, they've got they're on TikTok Live. They've got a whole background in one of their bedrooms, like you know, plastered out in yellow. Their brand colors. They've got a sign up on the wall, kind of like a happy birthday sign, but it just says mm -hmm. spells out Twice, and. Um, You've got the two founders. One is behind the camera. The other is like constantly coming in the frame and showing a product and then ducking away. They've got 700 people on live. People are buying products. Like one product is selling every 30 seconds. And they're, it's kind of like the new, new age infomercial, all integrated in TikTok. It took me like three clicks to buy the product. TikTok is also pushing this. Like that so TikTok they, shop, right? Like yeah. a shop inside TikTok where you yeah. complete checkout inside TikTok. Complete checkout. Uh, paid with Apple Pay, so there's no friction. You put your address in once, you'll never have to put it in again. And TikTok is also like covering 30% of the bill. So it was like, you know, it was like an $8 product. I think I paid $4.99 for it off my card. I don't know how they're shipping it or how they're paying for it. I think TikTok is also subsidizing the shipping. But uh, when I saw that, I was like, this is the new infomercial. And if you just scroll, it's like, there's like farms in China just warehouses full of people selling, you know, like one warehouse probably selling a hundred different things on live. And they all have like a thousand viewers, 500 viewers. They're making sales like crazy. That's so interesting. There used to be uh, this thing in China. I'm not sure if it's still there. They tried to bring it to the US. It didn't work out. Where basically someone would go into like TJ Maxx and be like, let me talk to you about this product. Yeah. And all these people would tune into the live in China, like there'd be a person who went to a US TJ Maxx and TJ Maxx would be like, we're closing the store for this influencer to go around our store and talk about these products because once she was done, the store was sold out of everything. She'd go through wow. like that home goods section and people would be like, I want to buy this. I want to buy this. I want. She's like, you know, there's seven of these bowls are $7.99. They look this good. And they'd be, she'd be like, we can talk about it for three seconds because they're all sold out because people are like, I bought that one. Yeah. Um, and so you, uh, that's interesting. I wonder if like, TikTok Live and Instagram Live are going to be the new level of infomercial. 
you know, when I was initially thinking about the subject, I was like, the older infomercial should still exist for companies like Hexclad and Mycin and even a mattress company. And the other thing I thought about this with infomercials is not enough, like, people, like, first, direct-to-consumer just hasn't touched it. If you watch, like, CNN in the middle, like, sometimes I go to the gym and I've got YouTube TV on my phone, I'll watch the news and I'll see like the same ad over and over again. And I'm like, yeah. like there's this ad for a company called Car Shield where they basically sell <laughs> yeah. you a car warranty. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? The same ad for probably five years. They've been running it for so these guys, the guy who's running it, he might be as rich as Bill Gates at this point. Yeah. I'm just like, you are not running it this often, this long. Yeah. You, you didn't have, you didn't put in a five year commitment yeah. in 2017. Okay. Yeah. You've been doing this because it's been working really successfully. So I'm wondering why direct to consumer brands aren't doing this. And the other level that they've uh, switched to is they have like Great tier two influencers. Yeah. Don McNabb. Yeah. Okay. Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is like, hey, his name was the big hurt when he was playing for like the Chicago White Sox. Uh, you know, he's like, he's talking about testosterone. He's like, you want to be big and bulky and like me, like, you know, I was a huge guy. You need testosterone. You know how much Frank Thomas charges for like, you know, it's really expensive to get Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady. Yeah. It's probably a lot cheaper to get Donovan McNabb. Yeah, hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> Who was like, you know, pulled over once, I think, for something he shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, it's probably like, you know, was a it was an influencer or like was a really relevant person 10 years ago. And yeah. that sort of has faded. And now he's like, yeah, I might do like, you know, who'd be cheap? Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you saw Scotty Pippen doing it? He didn't make a ton of money on the Bulls. He hasn't played basketball in 20 years. You know, he, he like, but I like, think people like, recognize his name and that's right. stay to see what he has to say. That's right. Yeah. If yeah. I saw Scotty Pippen doing something, I'd be like, is this Scotty Pippen? Like, yeah. what's going on? You know, and yes, it wouldn't appeal to the 22 year olds who probably never saw him play basketball, but it would appeal to every single guy over the age of 32 because they watched him and they know exactly who he is. 100%. And he'd be so cheap. I'm not sure if, why people aren't doing that. And I think this is especially true. Like, I was thinking about this. I was like, who would really benefit from this? And I thought, you know, the true classic guys, when we mm-hmm. were talking to them and they're like, look, we have all these stores that we're opening up kind of at like just outside of Chicago. There was a baseball player named Mark Grace and another one named Ryan Sandberg on the Chicago Cubs that were playing in the 1990s. You know what I would do is I would hire those guys and do a local commercial to make yeah. that store blow up, especially if I was doing a grand opening. I'd be like, Mark Grace and Ryan Sandberg are going to be there. They're going to be signing autographs. Commercial with Mark Grace and Ryan Sandberg. They're going to be uh, talking about true classic tees and how much they love them. In Chicago, that resonates so well. might not resonate everywhere in Miami, but- Right, like, but locally, this, it'll crush. That's right. And a tier two influencer like that, and that might be even, a, I don't know if tier two is right or tier three or whatever it is, they're going to be slightly more than the random guy you hire off the street. Yeah. Significantly less than an influencer that you'd be like, wow, I have to pay this. I have to think about it. Yeah. It's like when churches put events on and they're like, this athlete used to play for the New York Jets and now he's coming here on Sunday. That's right. It works the same way. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that like not enough people are doing infomercials. I think you're right. I, I didn't think about your idea, which was TikTok and Instagram in, uh, infomercials. I meant yeah. like the old classic ones. I think the mattress companies could do it. I think like all of the knife companies could do it. I For think sure. the cookware companies could do it. Like um, who's that cookware company? I think you're an investor in it. Like Caraway. Caraway. Yeah. yeah. Caraway could do it. Oh, I think a lot of these guys totally. could do it. I even think like Outdoor Voices could have done it. Yeah. Um, and been like- hey, Any, Anything where you can like down. really show That's or right. touch or feel or kind of show stretchiness or durability. That's right. Would have yeah. done really well. Yeah. And then with tier two influencers like that, like, you know, you have an old athlete who used to be on the Olympic team, like Michelle Kwan, who's, yeah. you know, she used to do figure skating. And she's like, now I love Outdoor Voices and I go running in them. I'd be like, wow, what is this? Yeah, What's going exactly. on here? So I think there's an unmissed opportunity 
I think the hard part is that it takes time and like a lot of for like, you know, if you want to do this, you start today, it'll be done three months, six months from now. It won't yeah. be done tomorrow, like Facebook ads. But I thought like, you know, affiliates and infomercials are the two where I'm like, these are things that untouched that once you get to 25, 50, 100 million in revenue, you're like, okay, I need like Facebook ads. I'm kind of maxing out on those Facebook ads. What else can I do? I think these are great. Yeah, I would bet too, like the channels that the infomercials air on are probably some of the best forms of validation you can go into a retailer with and say, look, we sold out on QVC. This is why you should take our product. Yeah, that's uh, a great It's probably point. a lot more valuable than being mentioned in Town & Country or Pop Sugar. That's right. When we were at Native and we were about to launch it at Target, I worked with Tatari and I was like, uh, you know, there's a sponsor. I, I was like, hey, I think we need to run a bunch of ads inside Minneapolis so that when uh, basically any Target person turns on their TV, they're like, oh, we see Native deodorant. Yeah, What's exactly. Going on here? We did and, the same at Hint. We would just geo-target yeah. all of... Uh, that area and run like five different whitelisted pages. Yeah. Same same idea. Where where the fuck are these guys? They're I everywhere. wonder if like ads are surprisingly expensive in Minneapolis and Bentonville. <laughs> in People Bentonville, like, yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't that in Bentonville, Arkansas be expensive? And you're like, I'm just hitting the right guy. If yeah. you go to like Cincinnati Airport, all of the ads at the airport are like for you're working with Procter and Gamble. Let yeah. us do that. You know, do this, do this, do this. You know, or you are Procter and Gamble. Do this, do this, yeah. do this. That's uh, those. That's who they're selling to. But okay. We've talked about the niche forms of marketing. You're going to talk about the bigger forms of marketing, Facebook ads, uh, landing pages. Tell me about what you were going to talk about. All right. We'll start with landing pages and then uh, we can go into paid social and feel free to riff in or, or stop me. So I have this acronym that I use for paid journeys, which is TRACE, Technology Reporting Audience Creative Experience. You want to have the trace set yeah, before you start your campaign. Yeah. So technology is really like, what are all the softwares you're using? Anything from uh, no commerce to any sort of tools you use to build ads. Reporting is your, uh, you know, Triple Whale, North Beam, Peel Insights, whatever it may be. Audiences is who you're targeting. Yeah. And really also, what's the problem that you're uh, focusing on behind that audience? Creative is the actual messaging, positioning, and visual creative. And then experience is where are you leading these people? So once they click, what is a post-click experience? Wow. So let me go into the E part, the experience, the landing pages. So most people drive people to a homepage or a product page. That's generally the two places people go. And if you're running feed-based advertising, you're definitely running to a PDP. Most PDPs and most homepages are not optimized for a couple of reasons. One is most people just use kind of a regular theme setup for a PDP. It's like it starts with the product, you scroll a little bit, maybe you get one section of information, and sure. then it's usually reviews and then footer. Sure. So you're not really answering some of the main questions somebody has. Yeah. And um, you're making it very easy for somebody to want to leave and go Google things and find answers. And you have to f have different real estate for a brand that like, where you're like, I know what this brand is, I know what I want, versus yeah. I'm being introduced to this, right? Like you need, you have a different sales pitch. Exactly. And so you need a different sales pitch with the landing page here. Exactly. Now, if you're going to the homepage, you're kind of doing something similar, although the homepage generally does a better job of introducing you to a brand, but it is still very much focused on speaking in one way. So if I go to the long weekend homepage, it's going to talk about the brand in one way that might be just, you know, long weekend does this and we sell this, but it doesn't specifically answer a question or a problem that somebody has as they come in. So this is where I think landing, and also if you go to the homepage, you're going to the homepage, then you're going to a collections page, and then you're going to a product page, and then you might leave and go read something. And so you're just, every click you add, you leave, you have an opportunity for somebody to leave. Yes. 
So and they will take that opportunity. They will definitely take that opportunity. So this is where I think landing pages get really uh, helpful. So um, you know, with the landing page, when you're driving somebody to the page, you're really focused on answering a specific question that somebody has. And is that tied to the creative? You're sort of like, here's my creative. Yeah. To answer like the like whatever that creative was about, whether it's targeting old people who are going to love outdoor voices because it's easy to put on and off and stretchy. Yeah. That's what you got to talk about in the landing page. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to extend trace to add an R for remarketing. We're going to call it tracer. That's the new acronym. So audience is where the problem starts and you're trying to find an angle. So let's say you have a cream, right? Uh, It is a cooling cream. Now, your homepage will talk about it as a cooling cream. Your product page will say, this is a cooling cream with 8.4 ounces. The audience you're going after might be, uh, let's call it like an older older guy, right? You have to create a problem. You have to create a reason and a hook. So it starts with the creative. Let's say the hook is, oh, do you have itchy feet at night? We have a cooling cream. So that's your hook. Once somebody clicks that, when they click, they expect to have the same messaging on the page they get to. If you're going to a product page or a homepage, there's no way you can do that. But if you're going to a landing page, you can either dynamically do that by UTM parameters in the ad, or you can just have a landing page that correlates back to that ad set or that campaign. And then uh, even when people enter their email, the first email they should get following abandoning your site is, hey, do you have itching feet? Not you know, welcome to our brand. Let me teach you about our who our founder is because they don't really care. Wow, they're okay. there for the angle that they clicked on. So you're you do creative to landing page, which I knew, but landing page to also first to the email. email. So if you're getting twelve percent of people to put their email in, and yeah. only three percent are buying, you have nine percent of people that hit your site that you're you're just wasting yeah. uh, emails to. So, anyways, I think the biggest advantage of a landing page is you keep messaging consistent, which is like, you know, how many times have you clicked on an ad for something that you saw? You get to the page and you're like, wait a second, the product I clicked the ad for, this is the, not the same color. It's not the same product. Somebody else, you know, it's a yes. completely different thing and you just yes. leave right away. You know, it's really just because you you haven't created a consistent journey. Yes. So, when somebody gets to your page, I think you want to answer five questions constantly over and over again. These are the five questions you want to answer. You want to answer, what are you selling? Why should someone care? What are the benefits somebody's going to get? Not the value prop. So not that it's a cooling cream, but instead that you're going to sleep without itchy feet at night. How does this product compare to other options on the market? And then how soon will it arrive if I order it right now? I think that last question is super important and a lot of brands don't talk about it. Agreed. Uh, where you're like, you know, on Amazon, it's on every single product page. You're yeah. like, if you order this today, this is when it's going to arrive. Yeah. Even if you give a date where you're like, I look, I use UPSMI and you're like, I don't know when this is going to arrive, but like, you know, give it a You can date always to- uh, under promise and over That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing I think that should always be on a landing page is social proof, like reviews. Oh yeah, people 100%. Like, look, I've used this product and it's amazing. Yeah. Look, reviews are manipulated everywhere, on Yelp, on Amazon, uh, everywhere you've ever been. And yet people are still like, I, oh, I read a review and it said this. And yeah. you're like, like it's, it, it's still enough, there's still enough trust inside reviews where people uh, like listen to it. So one interesting thought that came to mind is the messaging, the way you write your landing page, you want to write it in a way where uh, when you read it, you feel like you have the ammo for when somebody asks you, why do you make this purchase? Yeah. Or, you know, if you're selling to, this is actually the biggest trick selling to men. If you sell to men, you want to make sure they have the ammo for when their girlfriend says, why the fuck did you just order this? What is this shit that, yeah. you ju- that just showed up on the door? That is the stuff you need to have on your landing page. So some other things that I think, you know, above the fold requirements, 
One is a really good headline, something juicy focused on a singular benefit. Again, you don't want to just talk about the best cooling cream yeah. or the best this. You want to have something that sleep again- without itchy feet. Exactly. Finally, a way to sleep without itchy feet. A supporting headline underneath that, ideally like one to three bullets or a small sentence that again, reemphasizes the same singular benefit. The best landing pages, in my opinion, are very like narrow and niche. And then uh, social proof. So whether that's a quote that, again, reiterates the same benefit and all the quotes on the page, whether it's from press or customers or whatever it may be, should always iterate benefits versus just the brand exists and it was quoted by New York Times. No, go get the one sentence where they say, where they talk about a benefit from the product. Uh, it could also be star reviews. So, you know, 542 five-star reviews. You need some sort of social proof. Yeah. And then you need some sort of a fail-safe. So... In the hero section, 4,500 units sold, 50,000 happy customers, happiness guarantee, 60-day money-back return policy, yeah. something that makes somebody feel confident that if they don't like it, there is a fail-safe for them. I've got two comments on that. Uh, yeah. Let me stop you for one second. One is when we were doing the uh, pop-ups for Native, yeah. uh, and we'd be like, hey, buy this, uh, you know, uh, the post-purchase pop-up, buy this travel size, we'd say 1,200 people have accepted this offer today because airlines, like, you know, when you're checking out oh, yeah. airline, they're like, you know, uh, you don't insurance. want insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, 800 people have taken insurance today. I'm like, who are these 800 idiots? Yeah. Uh, but that's what we say. And, it, and we test, we A-B tested it with this guy named, uh, fuck, what was his name? Ben, I think it was, from Conversion XL. And he was like, we we proved that it actually mattered. It was 12, like, the, putting 1,200 people have taken this offer today did matter. Like, it was statistically significant and it did matter. Yeah. Let me ask one question before you continue on, which is, yeah. okay, if I'm spending $1,000 a day on Facebook ads, how many landing pages should I expect to have? Two. Like, you shouldn't have that many. And I'll get into this in the paid social spot, but you just need to find one thing that converts to get you to 5K a day. Gotcha. Uh, I think it was one or two episodes ago, we talked about like the increments to hit. I think it might've been yeah, the yeah. Q&A. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you got to get to 1K a day and then you got to get to 2,500 a day and then you got to get to 5K a day. And all of that I can do on two- One or two pages. Okay, gotcha. And if you need more than that, then you're, you're, you're too distracted. You're selling the wrong offer. You're not positioning it properly. Okay. And you need to find the angle. The angle is honestly- Finding an angle is the be is your best friend. You cannot just say, we're a new cream on the market. We're excited to be here and we have all these great benefits. You have to have some reason that you're connecting emotionally uh, where somebody's going to really just make the pounds sure. and buy. All right. Some other must-haves on your landing page. Uh, sticky CTA. You should never not be visible with a CTA. As you scroll, whether it's above or below, there should be something that's sticky. If you're over $100, you should have buy now, pay later options. Like, I don't think many people use the buy now, pay later, but just having it there gets people toward checkout yeah. and incentivizes the click. You should have price per use or price per day if you're a consumable. So if you sell a hydration packet and it's, you know, $29.99 for a 30 stick trial packet, you should be calling that less than a dollar a day or um, you know, less than $2 a day. You wanna make it something that's super easy for people to comprehend. And then you also wanna have all your buttons. So if, you're, um, if you have a landing page and you're driving people straight to cart, make sure that your coupon code is listed there because you wanna reemphasize, it's just another way to mask and reemphasize that somebody's about to get a discount. You know, Use uh, VIP20 for 20% off at checkout. 
but that URL should already have that included. Yeah. So yeah. that when they get there and they forget, they're not worried yeah, about yeah. bouncing. Yeah, it says VIP 20 has been applied. Exactly. You're going to save big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the last thing I think is cross-sells and upsells. So, you know, if I add one product to cart, the first thing that should happen is a pop-up that says, you know, do you also want to add this? Or if it's one stick of deodorant, do you want to add two more to complete your set? Or uh, do you want to subscribe and save 20%? And then same thing in the cart, like landing page carts, I think are, you know, it's not your main website cart, so you can get a little bit more like uh, direct responsey. And I think landing page carts are where you go hard. Yeah. This is all great. Like, you know, you can use URLs or UTM parameters. I think like people would be like, uh, how do I do this with like, if I was post pilot, right? If I'm Drew Sanaki or if I'm Tatari, how do I do this? We actually solve this issue. A native. And so what we did is we actually created separate URLs. So instead of going nativecos.com was our main site. And then when we were advertising on TV, we'd be like, go to nativedeodorant.com. Yeah. When we were advertising with uh, Drew at Postpilot, we'd be like, go to nativedeo.com. Like, you know, we'd have different links that would uh, redirect to a page. And we're like, now we understand where you came from and we're going to take you to this landing page. Because otherwise, you know, this is perfect for social media, but it gets really hard when you go offline and you can create separate URLs uh, specific for everything. Like, you know, this could be, this is a brewmate water bottle if you're trying to buy it, you know, and I'm sending you a piece of mail or advertising on TV. I could be brewmatewater.com. Yeah. You know, that's how you get those types of sales. 100%. Um, and make sure that you can still direct to the correct landing page. Yeah. This works really well too for out of home ads that are yeah. locally done. Yeah. Or even like tech companies, like, uh, do you know Highbeam, that bank? Yeah. They do like, what's the APR.com? And it just takes you to like an APR calculator for all the lending services. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, super underrated tactic. The other one, obviously, is like you just make redirects. So nativecos.com slash TVIP or yeah, yeah, yeah slash TV. Actually, one thing that I think is is still underrated that we used to do with Judy TV ads is it would be judy.co slash TV. And then it would go through uh, GeoTargetly, which is like a IP-based redirect tool. And based on your uh, where you came from, which state, we directed you to a different landing page so that we were running a national TV ad wow. with Remnant Media. But yeah. then whoever saw it, they would see an emergency guide for their specific gotcha. state. So like California earthquakes. Exactly. Florida hurricanes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, California everything now. Yeah. <laughs> Wildfires. <laughs> Wildfires, hurricanes, and earthquakes. Yeah. Be prepared for all three of them. Exactly. Zombie apocalypse, Oklahoma. <laughs> that's definitely California. Um, wow. That's a really interesting idea. I never heard of that. Yeah. I never loved doing the slash TV because I just assumed no one would do it. Like whenever I see that, I'm like, why would I put in? Yeah. Like, you listen to a podcast and you're like slash Joe Rogan. And I'm like, I'm not going to put in Joe Rogan in yeah. here. Tatari. Ironically, TV yeah, ironically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I do think that URL structure is a way to get around it, but still get to people at the landing page yeah. and a way to like, you know, get people excited about the brand without having to remember something like slash limited slash supplies plus Nick minus more, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff in a URL. Actually, you should go to get on Tatari.com. That's a better link. Yeah. Is that, get on is that, is that the link? Are you I'm buying, buying that right, right now? now. Okay. I love it. It's going to redirect. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I think I think landing pages, you know, they're also just mobile optimized. Yeah. They're optimized for speed. They load instantly. Yeah. You don't have every single Shopify app on your mobile app, yes. on your uh, landing yeah. page. So it just loads quicker. It's so well like uh, created for salesmanship. Like, 
here's the problem, here's issues, here, yeah. here's the other benefits. You know, you probably don't need to know all of this tiny information, like, you know, ships to these states, you know, like uh, you, you can get to the, you can include FAQs on there, the social proof, like there's as so many add to cart buttons as you're scrolling down. Exactly. It really is phenomenal in a way where you're not like, this is going to ruin my brand if it's the new PDP yeah. returning customers see this. Yeah. It's like real estate special for new customers, returning customers won't see it. You can offer bigger discounts. The one other thing I would imagine, uh, the other thing I would add is probably have a bunch of uh, call to actions as you're yes. scrolling down. And all those call to actions should be the same color and a unique color versus everything else on the page. Yes. And the last thing I was going to add there is all the call to actions should be new text. So pick my color, save 20%. Yeah. Uh, Sleep without a two feet. Yeah. Add to cart and save 20%. Yeah. Get 20% off today. All things that kind of new. So they it feels like you're not seeing the exact same thing. Wow. I didn't think about that. That's really interesting. You can't just yeah. write add to cart, add to cart, add to exactly. cart. Exactly. Get uh, sexier inside the call to action. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Okay, that's great. Um, last thoughts on landing pages. You know, I'm somebody who can't code. I'm like the one, we might, might be the two Indians who sure. can't code. Uh, so I love using Unbounce. It's all yeah. drag and drop. But another really good builder is Replo. And then obviously if you use Shopify 2.0, if you can get a good dev to build you a template, then you just you have just one template and you just keep duplicating yeah, yeah. it. In Th fact, our best hooks customers will just buy like two or three pages. We'll design it, develop it in Shopify, and then we never hear from them again. And it makes and me so happy. they're running 40 of them. Exactly. Gotcha. They have like okay. 50 different variations, all different audiences. That is a great point to mention, which is like uh, the other great part about this is you don't need a developer. You know, yeah. the one thing I've noticed in the e-commerce community is virtually everyone is doesn't have good tech talent. Everyone's like, I have this one guy who's shared across five other guys. And I'm like, how big is your brand? They're like $300 million. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you do? You have, you have one guy and you have three. You're like, don't. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, that's a pretty common thing that I see in the e-commerce world, especially yeah. if you're like a smaller brand sub $10 million. You're like, I can't afford to keep going out there and coding new pages. Yeah. And so this, uh, that's a great point. You can just change the text, change the copy. You know, often even the social proof can be used over and over again. Yeah. These guys deliver. It's authentic. It's amazing. This is fantastic. Yes, it did solve my cold feet. Like a lot of the, a lot of those issues can be uh, had without having to re, uh, reduplicate everything. Just have to change headlines and a few other things. Yeah, and the Such other the other great thing too is like, so a lot of our really smart like hooks people they'll say we want a listicle on our landing page yeah. and a comparison chart and a really good shop section and a really good hero. And then what they'll do is they'll duplicate the page. They'll turn everything off except the listicle. Now they just created a whole new page out of the first page they paid for. Uh, um, or same then, thing. You like, yeah. So actually they're making it. you do five pages. Exactly. But it's really in one. Them. Yeah. yeah which I'm surprised more people don't yeah. do. Is there a too long of a landing page or no? I don't think so. I mean, in my thinking, I think that a really good landing page should just keep answering those five questions and either it'll end because you, that's all you have to say. But I think you can keep going because if somebody's satisfied, they'll click a CTA. Yeah. And if they're not, they want to keep learning. They'll just keep scrolling. Yeah, that's so interesting. I thought of like there was this one uh, sidebar ad I saw on the Wall Street Journal from FedEx.com. Yeah. And every time you scrolled over it, it changed the text on the ad. And uh, it would be an hourglass that would flip and it would change the text. Yeah. And I did it and I kept reading the text and I did it the 20th time and it said, you've done this 20 times already. Why aren't you <laughs> clicking? And I was like, this is genius. That is so uh, And you're right. I think if you if the person's willing to keep scrolling, show more information. Maybe those five questions didn't do it. Maybe there's another five that they want to ask. Yeah. They want to ask. Like, keep going through that. 
Um, like at some point you're going to get to an end, but like you can go pretty long. You don't want to make your page load really slow, but you can go pretty long if, if you feel like you've got new information that you can get. Yeah. You know, who used to do really long landers is, um, well, one, anybody who advertises on Taboola, yeah, like Taboola and Outbrain, they yeah. crush the long landers. Yeah. In fact, the other day I was, uh, I asked my mom like, Hey, have you heard of a supplement for this purpose? Just cause I was like, just, uh, uh, nosy. And she sends me a landing page listicle from Taboola. And I was like, mom, this is, you got got. <laughs> She's I got like, no, you. these are the top five. And I'm like, no, mom, yeah, yeah, do you, you see this yeah, is an sure, advertorial? Taboola. Yeah. And then uh, the other one is Kettle and Fire. Their OG landing pages were like two miles long. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we've got time for the social media one. I think we've got to save it for a different episode. Yeah, man. That was a good one. I've got like a whole page and a half of goodies on that okay, one. Okay, great. We're going to do that uh, the next episode. Let's do episode six. We'll talk about social media. Perfect. I didn't think we'd have this much to talk about, about non-social media I know, advertising. I know. This was really good. I, I love those landing page tips because whenever you talk about landing pages, I'm always like a little afraid of them. I'm afraid of what information I should put, which is what yeah. you covered, but also- should I have 400 of these? Because sometimes I'll have, you know, a ton of ads. Yeah. But it's really helpful to know, you know, one can get, two can get you to $5,000 and spend a day. I'm really excited to talk about the social media stuff, mainly because I think a lot of that will connect back to this. Yeah. And sure. uh, it'll really answer that question of like, how many things do I need to do right? Yeah. yeah. Or like, what are, what all do I need to and do? And you got to tie that creative into the social. I didn't know you had to tie the social, the what's called the landing page into the email, which is yeah. what I learned today. But you also have to tie the, uh, the, the creative, obviously. Into yeah. The landing page. By the way, get on Tatari.com looks so sick now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. That's a wrap for episode five. Episode six is going to be social media. We're definitely going to cover Facebook. I want to talk a little bit about Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's talk about like the Instagram shopping things. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that as well. Amazing. Looking forward to that in episode six. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one.